Ababa Booey to you! Hello there and welcome! You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 49, where we cover new comic book day, April the 6th. So I read a bunch of comic books, I review them, I discuss them, and just whatever fun nerd things jump into my brain. And if you already do so, thank you so much. If you already follow us on all the social media, we appreciate it. If you don't, please check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at Sunspots Comics, and of course on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics. Tell a friend. It's just a good time. It's positive in nature. It's all about comic books, and it's just a ton of fun. And also, speaking of ton of fun, a couple of weeks, couple of three weeks left to win the first ever Sunspots Comics mystery box worth over 75 bucks. If you'd like your chance to win, all you got to do to enter is just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a five-star review and a short little positive blurb positiveness on iTunes, and you're automatically entered. That's all you got to do. The winner's going to be announced May 4th, so may the 4th be with you, and good luck. A couple of things on my nerd brain, or one thing on my nerd brain. Superman vs. Batman, Dawn of Justice. I saw it for the fourth time on Sunday in Ontario. It was IMAX 3D. Actually, the largest screen I've seen the movie so far. And let me tell you, also, there in Ontario, their IMAX screens were louder than anything I've been to so in, in, in a while. In any movie I can remember, for that matter. And it made that much more... It added about 15% more awesome. So I loved that it was crazy loud. The screen was gigantic. The 3D mo- moments where the IMAX cameras kicked in and the screen went super wide it was just more prevalent you can see my entire review of course on instagram i threw it down there but ultimately my opinion didn't change of the movie i still loved it i still had a blast still had a good time still was like pumped on seeing certain scenes again it it didn't actually sway me at all or make me in any way cave in to all the negative reviews out there so regardless of what you read and see all over the interweb go see the movie it's fun it's fantastic it's different than marvel sure it's a little more on the serious side but it's still it's superman versus batman and it's it will just nerd it'll warm your nerd heart and it did for me even the fourth time so go see superman versus batman dawn of justice and quickly just a couple of one actually itunes shout out i'm trying to Say hello and say thank you to some of the people that lay out some serious goodness and positiveness. So this week I wanted to say hello and thank you and give a shout out to official Chadwick Bummer. Just as uh, as it sounds. He wrote on iTunes, gave a five star awesome show, quickly becoming the podcast. I look forward to new episodes of awesome reviews and news. And he also reached out to me on, on Instagram. You can follow him at official Chadwick Bummer. He just mentioned, currently one of my favorite podcasts going. Comic readers should be listening to this rad podcast. I love anyone that uses the word rad. So thank you. And I wanted to invite you as well, official Chadwick Bummer, to be a guest on the podcast. I'd love to just sit there and nerd out with you and maybe ask you how deep your love goes. In a little segment I used to do way back when. I wanted to bring that back. So reach out to me, official Chadwick Bummer, if you'd like to be a guest. I'll have you on a future podcast. Sounds like fun. Just you and me nerding out. Because if uh, you look at his Instagram, we are very much of one mind. <laughs> also, a quick thank you to my son, Justin. You can follow him on Instagram at JustLAKings for his work on our blog. He actually does the Sunspots Comics blog. You can check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. His last post was his review on Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. So check it out. Again, that's blog.sunspotscomics.com. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Jables. Also, I'm writing a comic book. I just can't believe it. I'm still just in shock that I'm actually writing a comic book. And Jordan Hudson, a friend of mine, is doing the art. He's a fantastic artist. 
Check them out on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. And here's just a quick update. You can also see information on zombiedestroyers.com. And actually, he's completed the art, the pencils, the ink on page five and six. He's done. And I'm actually finalizing the writing on page seven. So it's moving along really well. Once we hit that 22 page mark, I'm going to be taking them to print. So there'll be a whole other marketing campaign involved with all of that, of course. But just like to give you kind of a little glimpse, a little heads up on my comic book coming out. Again, it's Zombie Destroyers at zombiedestroyers.com. It's going to be fun. So with all that out of the way, let's jump right into issue podcast number 49. So up, up, and away we go. So this week, I have a couple of uh, just news articles. Just one, actually. One comic book feel-good fact and freebie. And what is that? Basically, it's just fun articles that warm my nerd heart. And this one actually is an update on The Goon. The Goon movie by Eric Powell. Fantastic comic. If you haven't seen or read any of The Goon, check it out. There is an uh, 11-minute like animatic online. It's basically fairly finished and polished about what The Goon movie would look like. And Tim Miller, who is the director of Deadpool, is uh, working with also Jeff Fowler as co-director of, of uh, this project, The Goon Movie. He gave just a recent update because I donated to this Kickstarter campaign Yeah, four years ago. (laughs) So there hasn't been a whole lot of updates. I got the cool stuff, the shirt, the swag, the access to read the script, which was very cool. And I've just been, all of us have been waiting to hear something. Well, we finally got something. Looks like now that the, the billions has settled upon the Deadpool movie, they can move forward now with Eric Powell's Dark Horse series, The Goon, and make this animated, potentially rated R. Looks like maybe PG-13. Uh, action animated film. I can't wait to see this. That's why I donated. I'm so excited. It has a very kind of Rockwellian style of art. It's the only thing that immediately comes into mind. Very Alex Ross, very clean, very polished. But yet it's set in this really zombified monster kind of world. And Goon is this sort of heartbroken, sort of dark character that's just a mean machine and he has a sort of sidekick that's a the the comic relief and the world it's set in is just gorgeous and this hyper polished trailer if you haven't seen it go check it out just just check on youtube the goon movie but anyway the latest update is that they're moving forward they they have some work done they're still working on some final things showing it to david fincher because i guess david fincher is going to be the final the person doing the production of the movie, I guess. And so it's basically good news. It's, it's I'll, of course, share this article on all the social media. But very cool that the director of Deadpool and co-director Jeff Fowler of Deadpool, Tim, Tim Miller and Jeff Fowler, are moving forward with the goon. So very good news. Hopefully we'll see. That'll be kind of a first, right? A PG-13 slash maybe R fully animated movie and the area of the of monsters and it has a kind of realism and heart at the same time and it's just very well done check out any of the goon comics from dark horse so that is my one comic book feel good factoid freebie this week so hope you enjoyed that and now on to my favorite part of the podcast which is me i read a bunch of comic books i pick out my favorite comics of the week so spoiler alert i'm going to be reviewing them i'm going to be making recommendations to you I've read 15 comics this week, and seven of them made it to my favorite list, my top picks. And you can always see my list of what my comics are, my my favorites, my pull list, 
on sunspotscomics.com. Just check it out. Click on pull list or click on favorites of the week and you'll see everything I've picked. But these are going to be my recommendations to you. This is for New Comic Book Week, April 6th. You should go to your local comic book shop, buy them on paper, like I've told you before. I am not one of the Church of Comicsology. I am all about paper. Having it in your hands does something a little special with this beautiful art medium, which I've loved for 70, 80 years, back before Vietnam. That's right, when I was a numb. <laughs> but, uh, so please, check out sunspotscomics.com, and I'll be discussing the seven last chance on spoiler. I try not to give everything away, but I will talk about some of the meat, some of the juice, some of the heavy-duty parts of it. But I'll leave some of the best, of course. And this week, I always like to pick a winner in the art category and in the cover art category. And this week, it was one and the same. I love it when that happens. I stewed over this for a while. But the art winner and cover art winner is Stuart Eminem. Stuart Eminem did Empress this week, and his art is gorgeous. It's more on the cartoony slash animated style slash Batman animated series comes into mind. He has kind of a blockiness to it, but not really. It's finished and polished. And the the Wade Von Graw Badger and Ives Scorsina, the inking and coloring, fantastic. Out of this world. Very sci-fi. Very on the realm of the comic book saga. So a lot of oranges and blues and greens. Just a gorgeous, very bright color palette. Gives you that absolute otherworldly feeling that I love in sci-fi comic books. I'll talk more about it because it did make the favorites list. So that was uh, that's the art winner, Stuart Eminen. Thank you so much for your beautiful art. It has made my life that much richer, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Stuart. And also, I like to highlight the new number ones that have come out because new number ones always have a little extra hope with them, and that you can be along on the ride from the very beginning. Right when the car's turned on and you've pulled out of the driveway, you're in there. And you're in it for the entire long haul, hopefully, most times. But there are five number ones this week. Black Panther, Empress, The Fix, Grizzly Shark, and Poe Dameron. And let me tell you, a good little nugget portion of that made it to the top picks. So let's dig into it. Very, very last spoiler alert. So there you go. There it is. And coming in at number seven, because there were seven of them this week, from... Image Comics, The Fix, number one, from Spencer, Lieber, Hill, and Shaw. And Steve Lieber is the artist, Nick Spencer, writer, and you got to point out Ryan Hill here for colors. Fantastic. This is really kind of a hard comic book to describe. Um, It reminds me of uh, Pulp Fiction. It's a dirty cop story, Uh, very brutal, very sort of messed up, but funny. So it has that... That, ah, very heavy moments of, oh my gosh, they went there. It definitely crosses some lines here and goes into some sort of unique territory, but very rated R, very cop, uh, dirty cop, action-based sort of thing. Um, There's a ton of information here, very dialogue heavy, so at first it was like, oh, okay, I got to really be in the right state of mind for a lot of this dialogue, but it really sets the tone, it goes back and describes a little bit about their youth and how they ended up being cops that are dirty and it's a it's a buddy dirty cop film i guess there's not very many of those is the best way to describe it but they're robbing an old folks home (laughs) so yeah you're like oh man very risque very different and as they're robbing an old man he wakes up there's he's shooting a shotgun at him they're they're ditching the place with just bundles of cash in their hand and 
You don't at first know that they're dirty cops, and then you do right after that moment. <clears throat> and it explains a little bit about their background, that how they always, uh, they're in school, they're in class, they're rooting for bad guys in movies, and they're rooting for this this dirty cop that they that they're in the middle of a bank robbery. You think, okay, that's going to be their influence. Obviously, why they decided to become bad cops was this, this bank robber, but no, it was the cop that was there afterwards taking a bribe, and then they said, yeah, that's who I want to be. Is I want to be a, a dirty cop. So <laughs> interesting, messed up kind of story. But if you're looking for something ultra-violent, you're looking for something very over-the-top, you're looking for something in the realm of a just very rated R action movie about uh, two dirty cops, this is for you. And I, and I enjoyed it. I want to see where else uh, where this goes. So it's definitely added to the pull list. But it takes some turns. It has a few twists. They introduce the main bad guy who I love that it's this very sort of normal, very humble, very 40-something, lightly balding guy that's the main bad guy that they owe money to. And in in, his, in, the, in a unique kind of way, it's very frightening <laughs> how he is the, the bad boss, and yet he's this very normal, middle-aged looking man. But very good, and I'm going to check out the fix as it goes along. It's added to the pull list. That's my number seven. Coming in at number six from Marvel Comics. Poe Dameron, number one. And this is written by Charles Soule, who's doing the Daredevil series. Art by Phil Noto, who just finished the Chewbacca series. His art is fantastic. Very classic, very detailed, very clean, very well, hyper-realistic. I mean, the he makes the these characters look just like the actors. And uh, the Isaac actor that plays Poe is spot on. Looks just, just like him. And the opening sequence with Poe and BB-8 and an X-Wing... And this is set right as a, a prequel before Episode 7. So this has some background into how Princess Leia gives Poe his mission to find the man that has the location of Luke Skywalker, or at least a piece of that. Uh, his name is Lor Santeca, an explorer, which gives you a little backstory on that, which was nice. And just a little conversation between Leia and Poe, which is great. Just just adds that depth to episode seven. Since it just came out on Blu-ray, I'm I'm loving it. I'm watching it. Check out the one-hour documentary. I got the Target version. I highly recommend getting the Target version. But this is even introduces you to Black Squadron. And I tell you, his character is a bit on the two-dimensional side. He's just just kind of like the movie. Just super hyper positive. I was hoping for a little backstory on Poe his character alone or maybe a flashback into his past you don't really get that here maybe there'll be more of it i sure hope so but just adding the depth to episode seven i think was the nicest part about it showing this mission to finding the explorer and putting his team together and he's going through a cavern it's action-packed he finds this crazy space egg and he's having this conversation with the people that are the guardians of the egg <laughs> reminds me of the comic book chew in a way <laughs> That they are guardians. They're they're worshiping the Almighty Ova, the egg. But they mistake him for someone that is trying to take the egg or harm the egg, and so they want to take him custody. And there's sort of a, just a misunderstanding in that scene, but it's very very nice. And of course, we know from Episode Seven that the First Order is uh, coming up on his heels. So it's just a nice glimpse into a prequel of episode seven and that's why i dug it and at the end you get a comic strip style very animated cartoony uh strip mini strip called sabotage by chris eliopolos eliopolis 
so sorry. With Jordan Belair doing the coloring. And it's kind of a Calvin and Hobbes feel and look with our buddy BB-8 playing Cupid. And that's all I'm going to tell you. It's gorgeous. It's fun. It's a definite added bonus for a $4.99 comic. So I'm glad that they threw in a little something extra with this Calvin and Hobbes style mini comic strip at the very end. So nice little bonus. That's why it made the top and favorite picks of the week. One of the picks. That's my number six, Poe Dameron. Check it out. Coming in at number five from Image Comics is Grizzly Shark. <laughs> and I just If you are a fan of Sharknado, you should be reading this. And I actually haven't seen any of those, but I should. That's kind of in my wheelhouse. Cheesy B-film about sharks. I love sharks. If you, know, if you want to know a little tidbit, little nugget about me, I love sharks. I'm just absolutely fascinated with them. But this is uh, drawn story, art, and letters by Ryan Otley. He does the Invincible series written by Robert Kirkman. So he has been consistently on that from the beginning, so has no time to do anything else. So I don't know how he had a chance to do Grizzly Shark. I think this was a series that was done or showcased a, a smidge of it somewhere else in the past. But this <laughs> doesn't explain exactly how this shark... It doesn't show that the shark has feet, but he's in the forest, he's in the, in the mountains... As kind of an old wives' tale of uh, of just killing people that wander into the wilderness, and you have a couple of couple of rednecks, couple of couple of good old boys that are searching <laughs> for for this, and of course, Munch Crunch ah! <laughs> comes Grizzly Shark, and it's just uh, it, it's definitely the the art style isn't maybe as polished as Invincible, but it it makes it fit just perfectly because uh, there's just a lot of sort of Simple folk in this. <laughs> I'm sorry if uh, you're from the South, but it has nothing to do with them being the South. They're simple folk, and uh, and they're getting into some hijinks. Grizzly Shark's doing his thing. Whenever there is a drop of blood anywhere in the wilderness, uh, massive gore and death ensues. <laughs> uh, the just Grizzly Shark jumps out of the bushes and trees, and and for some reason there was someone climbing a cliff uh, and gets a <laughs> cuts their finger, and boom. Uh, Grizzly Shark somehow has the ability to scale 50-foot walls and, and and just take a chomp munch out of rock climbers. <laughs> so it's just a... T I laughed throughout the whole thing. It's just a good time. It's so well written in its humor. And the, the scene with this crazy ice cream that ends up being a shark repellent just had me cracking up. And the young boy that gets chewed in half but is still alive... <laughs> Cracking jokes about it? Oh, you have to see it. It's freaking hilarious and phenomenal. It'll, it made me laugh more than any piece of video or audio, audio media I've seen in a while. <laughs> so thank you so much for this. It absolutely warmed my heart and made me laugh, Ryan Otley. Fantastic. I loved it, and that's why it made one of the favorite picks of the week. Yeah, it was that good. <laughs> Added to the pull list, I'm going to be seeing all of it. I know it's probably a mini, but I am absolutely in. So, coming in at number four, as we move on from Marvel Comics, issue number two of Black Widow. And this is written by Chris Samney and Mark Wade. My gosh, two. That's like, like Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger right there in comparison to movie stars from the 80s and 90s. Chris Samney and Mark Wade, fantastic writers. And Chris Samney uh, helps, or does the art here. And his art is amazing with colorist Matthew Wilson. Gorgeous, hyper-realistic, very dark and shadowy. The first issue of this, remember, was 
almost zero dialogue of Black Widow jumping out of a helicarrier and beating up and I think even potentially killing S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. But they didn't explain why. Well, this kind of goes back previous. So it's the one week prior. And this shows uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Elder and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent... What is her name? Uh, she's the one that basically runs... Uh, Shield, which her name escapes me, but it's, oh, Hill, uh, Agent Hill of Shield. They're at a funeral, and they're being protected by Black Widow. She's in way in the shadows, high-powered sniper rifle. They're paying homage to a number on a gravestone, of course, because Shield agents have to be anonymous, like CIA agents, etc. And she's taking out these these uh, guys in masks, ski masks that are moving their way into what seems like they want to kill Agent Elder and Agent Hill. So she's quietly, silently taking out these masked bandits. And it's just awesome. The sequence of art there, as she hides in the dark, as she springs over over trees, and she creeps up on them, and she's cracking necks. And it's just, it's fun. It's, it's sabotage. It's sabotage. <laughs> sabotage. Sabotage, like, like William Shatner says. And <laughs> it's... He, she's just being super stealthy and quiet here and taking out this team that wants to kill Agent Elder and Agent Hill. And no, they're not there for them. They're there for the Black Widow. And so they manage to take her hostage, which you kind of know there that she's wants to go to the lair and see what's, <laughs> what's doing. And she finds more ski mask men that are... Finally, you know, she's she's in ha handcuffs and such, but of course though, that doesn't mean anything to her. And it's a more ensuing action. So definitely my most action-y, action-fun comic this week, and it was a blast. And ultimately, there is a masked man that has the ledger. The ledger with so much red in it and, and basically tells her he'll go public if she doesn't do something for him. And she agrees to. Just like that, agrees to. Which tells me in this, historically too, from Mark Wade and Samney's writing that she's going along to find out more about this organization. She's going to break it wide open. But beautiful art, beautiful action, so well-paced, still very light in the dialogue, but it does give you the story here. And I'm in. So definitely check out Black Widow. That's issue number two. Fantastic. And just A-plus team on that. It doesn't get any better. It's the A-team right there. So coming in, now we're at the top three. And number three for Marvel Comics, issue number six of The Vision. And I jumped into this late and let it go when I first saw it, just maybe because of the art style and sort of their twisted take on what they're doing with the vision. So I, I, I stayed away and then I just kept hearing a lot more positive things about the vision from people on social media, from the places I look for articles, from various websites, from just everywhere. And people I respect that read comics kept telling me you need to check out the vision. So I gave it a try and... I tell you, I'm on issue number six, and I, of course, regret not jumping in from number one. I had to go back, pay a little bit more for one through five. And this is on the pull list now. The team on this is Tom King as writer, which I heard he's helping out in the new DC Universe, if I remember correctly. But he's on this now. Gabriel Hernandez Walta is the artist. Fantastic work here. Creepy, dark, shadowy style. It's, it's very autumn very orange and browns, etc. And ultimately, this in a nutshell, for people that haven't read this at all, it is the Vision trying to live a normal life? Question <laughs> mark. 
He's created a wife, he's created kids, and in this he even creates a dog, sort of all in his likeness, all in his image, all with the pink skin, the green hair, the green eyes, and ultimately very creepy. They, the wife at this point, she has murdered people. <laughs> there was someone that came to attack their home and instead of sort of fighting them off, she just flat out murdered this man and buried him in the yard and tried to keep it secret. And the neighbor's dog finds the body buried and the wife is just covering it up. She's just, everything she's doing is making her whole situation worse, but she doesn't understand why her artificial intelligence software doesn't really give her the the moral compass that she needs and there's an innocence to her that she feels bad about it but she doesn't realize how bad like murdering someone is and hiding it from your family it's it's just a crazy mess and there is a term in here uh p versus np that is referenced with this with the narrator and i had to actually google that and try to understand what it was it is a computer technology sort of term a mathematical mathematical computer technology term which google it it's I, I read it a few times and i still didn't quite understand what the heck it means and it's it's uh you have to kind of let that go and read the narration for what it is they're just ultimately trying the narrator is trying to determine if the vision family the vision death bots are truly a harm to the world and to their neighborhood and that's what that term uh, is continually referenced. So I'm going to dig a little more into that because it's piqued my interest and I have to understand what P versus NP means. But look it up. It's it's heavy. And, and math. Yeah. But so the vision finds this dog that finds the body and he decides instead of taking the body out and asking questions, he decides to take the dead-ish dog and Frankenstein it to create a vision dog. So... His sense of morality here is uh, tweaked. There's like a Dexter moment where he's sitting there with all this, these saws and material and blood all over himself. Very Dexter-esque and the shadows of it. And he's holding a brain in his hand and it's the dog's brain. And yeah, the narrator ultimately says uh, that yes, they're, uh, he, the visions are going to kill us. Maybe kill us all. Maybe raise the whole world. And so I'm in. I got to see where this is going. Uh, will this have any continuity effect on the Marvel Universe? I don't know. But if for an encapsulated story of a murdered Deathbot family, <laughs> I'm in. It's uh, interesting. And, it, and I guess it's because of all my glimpse into the world of artificial intelligence that this has, me, has my interest peaked. So definitely check out The Vision. Tom King on writing. I mean, come on. A plus. Top notch stuff. So check it out. Number two this week was issue number 41, I can't believe it's on 41, Rachel Rising by Terry Moore. Written, story, art, everything by Terry Moore. Some revelation scripture right at the beginning, very heavy with some crows. This is kind of the action issue I've been, everyone has been waiting for. There's been a ton of buildup into this world where there was a woman that raised from the dead and she, her memory was Swiss cheese, and she was trying to put together who her murderer is. She finds out that she's basically a fallen angel and has a sister that follows her and reveals... The sister will reveal herself to Rachel when Rachel has... Her memory has come back, which it takes a while. She's used to this. They're apparently immortal. And they're really trying to find out who killed her this time, and it ends up being this demon Malice. And Malice, I guess, had an, had 
a relationship with the sister of Rachel. And so, yeah, there's demons. There's are they witches? Are they fallen angels? Are they what? And it definitely with with splashes of, of the Bible here and there and scripture definitely has this sort of religious undertone. But this is where the sister realizes that malice is has taken over the body of a very young girl and the girl has slit her own throat. But now the sister is on the hunt for malice and she has a way by using the young girl's demon sword slash knife and it she she turns herself into a flock of of crows and she uses this flaming skull as a weapon and it's a action-packed scene with the the young woman that is possessed by malice and this uh this fallen angel sister of rachel they're just going at it toe-to-toe and it, it it comes to an ending here, and you wonder, is this going to be the ending? Or It looks like it's, it just has this kind of wrap-up feel, but I don't think this is it. We do get to see a bit of malice, and yeah, horned devil with wings, crazy-looking thing. But the, the action scene, the action sequence here, and how they use her power, she's very, Sister is very sort of godlike, sort of high-powered witch-like. They, she uses the elements, and when she fights, and it's just beautifully drawn, beautifully beautiful storytelling here. And it it just seems to be a big payoff, kind of what we've always wanted. They they've continually hinted upon Malice, and we know that he's been constantly stalking and moving in closer and getting closer to Rachel's world, and her sister and her friends and these people that she's that have grown to love her and know her. And it's very relationship based. It's very heavy. It's very kind of you know, lack of better words, girl power. It's very empowering for women uh, because they're the primary characters here, and they're complex and they're smart and they're they fight and it's just i can't say enough positive things about it it's it's his it's some of his best work i love everything that terry moore does so if you haven't seen anything from strangers in paradise to sip kids just pick up something that terry moore has done or the series with the metal suit that falls from the sky my gosh i can't remember the name of that right now but even that was fantastic i'm still reading sip kids or um strangers in paradise i'm in the third no the second the two of two the omnibus gigantic omnibus and it's fantastic so check out rachel rising number two just in the cover is the young girl that was that's also one of the possessed spirits that follows rachel looking into this cave that's just lined with all these skulls and it's gorgeous it almost made my cover art winner this week from terry moore but it is just gorgeous and like i said the sprinkling of sort of bible scripture gives it that sort of religious undertone and it's a big world here and it's a lot of very well done it just takes its time in establishing these characters and you love them there is weight there you care for them you want to see what happens to them and it's uh it's the long game check it out folks rachel rising number two was my or number 41 was my number two pick of the week but the number one pick of the week which i'm so excited about i've been seeing this in image comics being featured in the back of various things uh, from like Walking Dead to anything Mark Millar does. And this is Empress, number one. This is the art winner of the week, the uh, art cover winner, Stuart Eminen. Beautiful, gorgeous work. And written by Mark Millar, who is doing Huck right now, which is out of this world, fantastic. And even the Legacy, uh, what's the other one? The Legacy, I forgot the name of it, but he's anything Mark Millar is doing right now is a home run out of the park. So this, I even enjoy the premise of this. The premise is this is prehistoric Earth millions of years ago. There's pterodactyls flying in the sky. And 
this is a very science fiction heavy, even heavy technology based race on Earth. Which already, the, that premise alone begs the question, like, okay, if there was this advanced technology on Earth millions of years ago that lived uh, in sequence with dinosaurs, where were the remnants of them? Did they leave? Uh, how did we not find... I mean, there's uh, just a giant arena here of all of these humanoids, which I say that because they look very different. Even the uh, dictator slash leader slash uh, guy that runs the whole place is very much like a Thanos, like a dark side that sits in his throne. He, he has this alien features to his face. So you wonder if he's from Earth, are these aliens? You're not quite sure, but prehistoric Earth, all this heavy-duty, high-tech, science-like technology in this gladiator arena, and there he's he's punishing three people that have not followed the rules. And really for something that's very minuscule, but they have to be destroyed. And then he gives them the choice to either fight him, which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do. He's a giant, hulking, like I said, Thanos-like uh, figure. Or to fight the beast, which is a pterodactyl. A guy riding a pterodactyl. That's right. <laughs> and they actually take the pterodactyl in this fight, so our main character here must be absolutely gruesome. So he's like the king of this and he is laying out punishment. I'm looking for his name, but I don't see it. They say it's 65 million years ago. Okay, here we go. King Morax. I like the name. So the premise is fantastic. Guy riding a pterodactyl, so or riding a, a T-Rex. So fantastic. And they show the queen, and the queen is not happy with her king. And her primary bodyguard, you could tell, is someone she's had an affair with. And they're plotting to leave, to just bounce. The queen wants to leave, run away with this man. Whether they're sort of romantically inclined, you don't quite know. He seems more loyal to her as the queen. So I'm not sure if there's any romance there, but the hint of that's kind of nice. It's not so laid out. Gives you a little more to chew on maybe for the next issue. But so she's plotting and planning to split. And the, the lo loyal bodyguard, um, um, I like that they make him sort of an older man. He's got, you know, all full, beautiful gray head of hair and laser guns, and he's planning the escape, and he has to, things go wrong, of course, and it's very well-paced, very fast-paced here, I mean, you go from, you're introduced to this world, to, to boom, quickly, the queen's trying to leave, this, this tyrant, King Morax, this dictator, who seems like he's this very, rules with an iron fist kind of guy, and it's just this action moment, but laying out the action in this world, this gigantic, futuristic, science fiction-based world, 65 million years ago, you're just, the art that's done here, you're just sort of in awe of the look of it, the unique style. It definitely is reminiscent of so many things. You, I think of Star Wars. I think of Battlestar Galactica. I think of just a Serenity. There's a few things that all pop into my head. But uh, with pterodactyls and dinosaurs, and he does find a ship, and he, they leave the Earth with it. How he goes about that is a nice little twist as well, because he's flying sort of a more short-range ship that's just awesomely drawn. Like... It, if you're gonna be in a in a drawing a a, a sci-fi book, the ships gotta look awesome, and they do. They have a very sort of unique kind of Y-wing look to them. But uh, they he's doing his own thing here. There's definitely some beautiful work being done. The King Lorax has this red face, and you see another sort of like a, a royal guard here that is primarily responsible for finding the queen and the the 
her loyal bodyguard. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. But it's just so much action. It's fun. It's fast-paced. You want to know what happens next. You're quickly... Uh, the, oh, the queen, by the way, takes the kids. So the king is just not happy about that. And what he's going to do, we're about to see in issue two, I'm sure. But... I tell you, sci-fi, action, fun, sweeping, kind of epic feel, very heavy sci-fi, reminiscent of, sure, a, a ton of things, but in their own unique twist, and what a cool premise. 65 million years ago, yet, where are they? Are they? Will they answer that, I wonder, towards the end, or maybe we won't even get that answer, who knows, but swashbuckling, and a whole lot of sci-fi fun, that's why it's my number one pick of the week, you should buy it. I got a good feeling about this one. It's going to blow up. They're going to have to reprint it multitudes of times. It just seems like a very signature hit for Mr. Mark Millar. So check out that at your local comic book shop. And all of them at your local comic book shop. You should be buying them. That's going to cover it. That's all my recommendations for New Comic Book Week, April 6th. So go to your local store. Buy them on paper immediately before something horrible happens. Like all of a sudden they're super rare and you got to pay 40 bucks to get one or something. <laughs> so don't let that happen to you. And please go to Sunspots Comics to check out all of my past favorite picks of the week, all the way from May of last year, and to see, of course, the giant pull list of comics that I'm currently reading in excess of 140, which I can, of course, read and then recommend to you. And, of course, in closing, again, if you have questions or recommendation, maybe you want to be on the show, I'm, I'm open to that. Please write me at, uh, send me an email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If you send me an interesting email of sorts, I will discuss it on the podcast and send you a free comic book prize. Just a little something, just a little thank you. And of course, don't forget the Sunspots Comics mystery box. Please just, uh, if you want your chance to win, to enter, just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and give us a little five-star review on iTunes and you'll automatically enter to win. It's only a few weeks left. May the 4th is when I'll announce the winner. So may the 4th be with you. And next week, I'm going to be reviewing 12 comic books for April 13th. There are, I think, four number ones I want to check out. So I always try to give you uh, the gist on new number ones, of course. If, uh, if they look good, I'll check them out. I'll be looking at them next Wednesday. And I'm still working on uh, Dave Baker. I know. Thanks, Dave. Sorry. Things are a little crazy still. But I do want to get Dave Baker of Action Hospital and Suicide uh, Forest, Teenage Switchblade, all his comics that he's working on. Check him out on Instagram, xdavebakerx. I'm going to have him on a, on a soon on a future podcast, still planning it out and timing it. But uh, thank you so much for listening to issue number 49. Hope you had a good time here on our podcast. And please tell a friend. We'd appreciate it. Go to your local comic book shop, pick these comic books up, and tell them Chris sent you. Chris from Sunspots Comics, and they'll look at you funny, but that's okay. That's what people at comic book stores do. But Oh, that's just normal. <laughs> Deal with it. But anyway, there you go. There's a show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll be uh, talking to you next week. Thanks again. Have a good one. See you later. Baba Booey to you. <laughs> Like balloons, and he looks like an author with tree of apples, and he scratches his.